Hi, and welcome to episode 279 of No Crying in Baseball, the Much Ado About Manny episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth, who is just like screwed up her entire face when I said Manny. Oh, I'm cringing. That was painful. I think you, you could let go of the, of the cringe. I'm going to help you let go of the cringe. I can have good associations with the name Manny. I, I look back to, you know, Manny Ramirez and all of his shenanigans at Fenway Park, and I'll just do a little smile about that. I know that's not what's coming, but I can no. pretend. I can... I, I, I think I, I, I'm just going to say this. If Dustin Pedroia can get past it, you can get past yes, it. That's true. That's true. And actually, like fun Dustin Pedroia news. Talk about me going oh off my the God, rails. I'm the one who brought up the he's, Red Sox. <laughs> so he's, he's visiting in spring training right now. But also, he has three boys. Uh-huh. He is coaching. Can you even fucking imagine this? He's coaching his youngest two boys uh, little league teams. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like being another parent, like you being like the 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 snack mom, right? And like having Dustin Pedroia there coaching the team, his uh, nine and under and eleven and under, and he lives in Arizona. And there's some other guys who like lives near live near him. So couple. he got a couple. So he got like, for example, Jacoby Ellsbury to come teach the kids about running the bases. Jacoby Ellsbury, who like led the league in steals three years, coming to teach the nine year old kids how to run the bases. So yay for and yay. and you know actually the the other funny name that lives near him who helped him out is J J Hardy, Look which just happens to be a neighbor. Helped him out with the Little League. I think this happens a lot. I mean, we talked about Buster Posey doing that as soon as he retired. Yeah. He was he was coaching his kids' teams. There's um, Ian Desmond, remember? He, he, you know, he opted out right. of COVID time, and he was working locally and coaching kids. And I think that's pretty awesome. I hope the kids appreciate it as much as their parents do, because you know yes. for sure their parents do. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Hey, you have a you have a crossover for us. You have a cross-training. Right. So we I think we do have to fess up a little bit after last week. We recorded last week before the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. We were both very excited about the Eagles. They, in fact, did not win, although it was so fucking close. It was such a good game. It was the best Super Bowl I've seen in a long time. So just, you know, I just wanted to come back to that and and fess up that we do realize that we we mispredicted, although I think with with some pretty strong ground. But also, um, there was the flyover, which I'm really not a big fan of. It's a big expenditure of money for no fucking reason. But anyway, they do it. The Super Bowl flyover, the first time in history it was all women doing it. And for a further callback to our show last week when we were talking about Kyle from Waltham, one of, I think it's five women in in the flyover was a Waltham native, Jacqueline Drew. So pride of Waltham. Wow, related to Kyle? Because they clearly grew up together uh, yeah, in Yeah, absolutely. They, they probably went to the prom together or something like that. <laughs> I would say so. Love it. On today's show, spring training starts, arbitration ends, and players are still moving around. We've got boyfriends for Seattle and San Diego. We've got a Chicago White Sox minor leaguer coming out. Congratulations on the big announcement. We've got a police blotter featuring Mike Clevenger. That's still going on. And we've got World Baseball Classic dropouts and trivia. Cheers. Cheers. And um, whenever you finish while I'm talking, you can feel free to refill us. What are we drinking now? We are, shit, what are we drinking? We're drinking a a blonde blonde lager. lager, And I think it's from the same brewery that we're about to drink the next drink from, which is Lost Barrel. I'm glad that we found the barrel. Lost Barrel Brewing in Middleburg, Virginia. So we had a lager and we're going to be moving on to a farm ale in the near future. 
So that's exciting. Wow, you really are empty, and I am I, not. Oh, I you're am. good. You're you're ticked, aren't that's you? A, no, no, that's totally okay. Fine. You know right. what? We can we can chat for a while. We have plenty All of stuff right. to chat about before drinking more. A couple of things. So, um, speaking of the Red Sox, you know, Yu Chang, who I had picked as my Cleveland boyfriend at the beginning of the season last year. He got around a little bit last year. He really did. <laughs> a little rusty around the edges. Poor dude. Got DFA'd and then claimed off waivers so many times. Off of Cleveland to the Pirates, then off the Pirates to the Rays, and then off the Rays to Boston. It, it was not something that should have continued until this year, so he was flying free for a while. But Boston, Boston, oh dear. Oh I'm, dear a little Boston. Con- I'm a little concerned. I'm still hopeful, but I am a little concerned. There's there's little things coming up, like Trevor Story is gone on the 60-day IL. I mean, we knew he wasn't going to be there for opening day, but this is, like, way beyond opening day. I hope he makes it back up. But um, as a result, they're feeling like they're in the need for even more infielders. So, you know, for a pretty cheap price, they were able to snag Yu Chang for a year, $850,000, he can the, the pro on this for the Red Sox is that he can play anywhere. Yep. He can play all over the infield. That's a super good thing. The the con is that his numbers were pretty low last year. His batting average was 213 with a 639 OPS, but his defense is sexy and it can mm-hmm. be sexy all over the place. So I'm thinking like this is sort of a wash in a lot of ways. Like might as well do it. I don't know if there's anything. I don't know. I feel like they should have gone for Iglesias too, but Maybe they still will. They're talking about still making some moves. Um, fun thing about Yu Chang is that he is going to be playing on the Chinese Taipei team. Another fun thing, one of the the big um, attractions about him was his little boy Winston, who's just the cutest baby in the world. Sure enough. Who everybody in Cleveland, I think, fell in love with. He's going to be a big brother. There's going to be Yay. another little adorable Chang little sister due in April. So That's looking forward cool. to seeing what happens with the Chang family. That's pretty cool. Hey, um, our best pal, Manny Machado. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So he's, you know, with the Padres. Yeah. And he's a six-time All-Star. He was the runner-up last year to the National League MVP. He's he, he's good at baseball. Yeah, he is. As it turns out. And he's currently on a 10-year, $300 million deal, which at the time right. was a record. Interesting. Um, that, that He signed that with the Padres in February of 2019. And one of the pieces of that was he has the right to not take the option after a certain number of years. So he said, after this year, I'm done. I'm going to opt out because he can become a free agent. And because of those things, like six times all-star and runner-up to MVP, Mm -hmm. he's going to be worth a lot more. That record-setting deal is now only the 11th best of all time. And his numbers are only getting better. He's He's a better player every single year. So there's a rumor that San Diego offered to extend his current contract for another five years for 105 million dollars, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna test the waters. I'm complete. He said, mm-hmm. I'm completely committed yeah. to the Padres right. this year, but clearly, I, I think I'm worth more than this because that's what the numbers are bearing right now. That's you know, he's doing his comps like when you buy yeah. a house, right? And, and he's he's worth more on paper as long as his season is as good as it was before. He's still gonna make 30 million dollars this season, and he's still totally committed to the Padres this season but then he's like okay you know what i'm shopping because yeah there i am i I just feel like that puts a weird tinge on it like i heard him say that totally Mm -hmm. committed for this year but then when you know that he's willing to walk and how much money is enough it still just sounds like a boatload of money but he just saw them shell out a shit ton of money for the guy who's going to be working right next to him xander bogart so maybe he's thinking 
all right, that doesn't, you know, square up with what I'm getting, so I want a little bit more too. I, I don't, I honestly don't know how to, it's, it's, it's a little weird. Yeah, but, you know, so we're going to talk about Manny a little bit more when we get into oh, the Padres, <laughs> okay. and you're going to hear really good things about him and, and how he is as a teammate and a leader on the team. All right. And he's made it clear that it's not about being unhappy with the team. Yeah. It's purely parity. It's economics. It's, mm-hmm. I, you know, based on what I'm doing, I am worth more and I want to get paid what I'm worth. So, so there much money. you have It's just so much money. So much it money. is so much money. All right, speaking of so much money, you know, when you spend that much money on a player, you kind of want them to be, say, playing on the field. Uh, And uh, so pitchers and catchers already reported. This is very exciting. We're recording on Sunday, February 19th. The next time we record, games will be playing. Next weekend, spring training games start. So that is super exciting. That is super exciting. But at this point, there's been lots of social media posts of the various pitchers and catchers pitching and catching Few pitchers who we had hoped would be pitching by now are not, in fact. Nearest and dearest to our hearts is Steven Strasburg, which is just the, you know, for Nats fans, an intense disappointment because we loved Strass when he signed and he was supposed to be this multi-year blockbuster pitcher and then the World Series and they locked him down for another seven-year deal and since they made that seven-year, $245 million deal after the World Series, he had two starts in 2020 and five in 2021. And then he had this very large surgery, which is beyond just the Tommy John thing, thor- thoracic outlet surgery, which does not have a good history of pitchers coming back from. He had that in July 2021. Everybody was hoping he would be good to go this year. He is shut down right now without further information, and it just makes me sad. I mean, we went to see him at the Fred Nats when he had like a mm. rehab game. That was good. That was fun, and then um, and then he got shut down again. And I have a little bad taste in my in my mouth because you know he bought the team Chipotle instead of a nice dinner. Right. So, I mean, come on, dude. You got all this money. Maybe yep. maybe because of all the surgeries and stuff, he's just too weak to lift the credit card <laughs> higher up than Chipotle's. I don't know about that, but I do. I the, only, um, the only bobblehead I have in my office is uh, a Strasburg World really? Series bobblehead. And I kind of think that he gets more attention as a bobblehead, as a bobblehead than he does kind of as a pitcher right now. Mm. He's, he's much more active that way because people come visit him. Right. So you, yeah. keep, you keep doing that because I don't know when we are going to see him again actually in person. Also, the Yankees had some rough, rough news with Frankie Montas being out for shoulder surgery, which I believe is Ooh. at least half the season. And then there's the saga of Jacob deGrom, who is starting anew with the Rangers and didn't show up with the rest of the pitchers and catchers pitching and catching. Does he have a special, um, you know, agreement because he's Jacob deGrom? Not exactly. It's un- it's a little fuzzy. There was some left side tightness, but there wasn't an official like we're putting him on hold or he's not starting on time. It's just we're going to see. We're holding off a few days. Of course, the New York media went crazy because you want to feel like Mets fans want to feel OK about losing him <laughs> for the season. So like to say that, oh, he's not in shape for spring training is going to make everybody in New York City feel better. So it wasn't him just not showing up because he's too big for his britches. No, it, it was. was there's, he, there's an actual situation yeah, he we're dealing felt, with here. He felt the, the tightness on, All right. on his first, like, I guess, step out onto the field, took a step back. They're being cautious. He is an elder statesman. And, you know, I I just, 
I hope the best for Jacob DeGrom and the, and the Rangers, honestly. I think that that would be a lot of fun to see. And I just want to knock on every piece of wood. I don't have anything in the near. I'm, I'm knocking behind me because of all this, like, pitcher instant illness. My mind goes to Chris Sale, who has not been healthy for quite a while for the Red Sox. So far, so good at the time of recording. I'd better not be jinxing anything. I believe in Chris Sale. I'm but he's a whack job. Hell. He is a whack job, I know. He is, he is a nut job, but I really would like him to at least earn his keep, earn his investment. Okay. But yes, he's, he's a whack job. It's, it's, okay, it as, long is, as, it's, as long as we're clear. Yeah, no, no, he's a, he's a nutcase. Okay. okay, hey, arbitration is over, and um, teams won versus players. Hmm. The record is 13. Over six, 13 team wins wow, over six that's players. More than double. That's a lot. Look at you with the math. Iron Man over here. I <laughs> love that. Um, so the, the the big news is um, your former boyfriend, Tasker Hernandez, lost arbitration, uh. but he asked for $16 million. He's getting $14 million, which that's still the highest salary ever decided on when it went to oh. arbitration. We talked about um, um, Max Fried and Garrett Cole at 13.5 in previous weeks, that that's where they ended up, which was the highest until Tascar Hernandez came up with $14 million. So he's not getting what he wanted, but he's getting mm -hmm. more than anybody else nice. who went to arbitration. But again, teams won 13.6 over players. So there's some, some pissed players out there, I'm thinking. Well, that's a good segue into the Mariners, because that's where he ended up, yeah? Um, and I just want to say, for me, my theme this week is young Dom Dominican dynamic players in in the top 10 players who you should have on your fantasy team. I saw that today, and I was like, holy shit, I've got two out of 10. The rest of the Remember 10, to play them. Yes, that's, that's the key. The rest out of the 10 um, are all former boyfriends, so we have picked well. Uh, vocabulary lesson for the week, I know I've done this before, is que lo que. If you want to hang out with this, these young, dynamic Dominican dudes, that's the way to say what's up in the Dominican Republic que lo que. is que lo que. I can do is, that. I can pronounce que lo que. And, and, it's, and it's just Dominican Republic. Like, that's that's where you say that. So Julio Rodriguez is in the outfield. Fuck, I meant to look up which part of the outfield. I clearly missed that. Outfield somewhere, 22 years old, and... I think this kind of rounds off my Dominican set of players because previously I had picked Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Wander Franco, Jeremy Pena, my NL pick that you will hear very, very quickly. But that's kind of like the, the young squad of Dominican players, plus Rafael Devers, who we can't pick because we have stupid rules about 2018 Red Sox. And aforementioned Manny Machado, who I'm just Look at you bringing up Manny Machado. It really is the Manny Machado episode it without is. actually being the Manny Machado Fuck. episode. I don't think he's actually young enough to really fit in this list. He's like the elder statesman. He's an elder statesman. There he's, we go. He's, he's a leader. Yes. He's a leader. As, ah. is, as will be, or is, Julio Rodriguez. So Julio is from a very small town called Loma de Cabrera, population 20,000 near the Haitian border. That's bigger than our town. What's our town? 17. Wow. All right, so slightly bigger than Tacoma Park, Maryland, um, which makes which tracks because it, it it sounds like he didn't have a like the the typical poor upbringing. His dad actually worked for Save the Children in Dominican Republic. Oh. And so good guy dad in many ways. Julio Sr., super good guy. Not only, you know, did good things for work, 
but also raised his kid right as a baseball player. He said that the kid's uh, first real swing, and he very much described what a real swing is, was at age two when he actually had like control of the bat and made a pretty impressive swing. Dad had played shortstop until college and then played like a softball rec league afterwards. He bought Julio's first bat when he was still in the womb at six months old, and he started playing you know, as soon as possible. So training with dad at two, teams at age six. He hit his first 300-foot home run at age 12 <laughs> in the same That's ballpark. Far. Yeah, and his dad had not hit a, a home run in that ballpark until age 22. So Julio was, shall we say, a prodigy. But also, it's like that that's father-son relationship. And they would get up together before school in the morning, throughout his, his early adolescence, 6 o'clock in the morning, train with him for an hour and a half. He'd go to work. The kid would go to school. And then after work and school, they would train again together because he could see that spark in Julio. But importantly, and I think this comes from dad's educational background as well, school came first. So he said, we never forgot about education. Um, in the Dominican Republic, and I, I don't think I've, I've noticed this quite um, as completely as a system as I read about it today, that there are trainers who specifically look out kids between the ages of 12 and 14 to bring them into their academies to train them for a couple of years. So until age 16, where they're hoping to get them, you know, signed off yep. and apparently get a cut in the deal. So Julio's parents um, wanted him to hold off until age 14, until he'd gotten enough education where he felt solid that he was going in the right direction. He quickly got scooped up exactly at age 14 and got brought to Academy in Santiago, which is three hours from home, and there got the exposure that he needed to get hunted down by tons of teams. So at that point, the parents came in and became involved, and they knew that wherever he signed, it was not just going to be a team that developed him as a baseball player, but developed him as a person because he's young. And so they interviewed the teams on, like, basically, what are you going to do for our kid to support him, to make him a, a responsible person, you know, good, good member of society. Okay, that is incredibly unusual. Yeah. Because often the stories you hear are, you know, these kids get swept up right. and then they get thrown a lot of money to sort of like rescue their family, right. like life changing money and their parents are good to the kid, but don't take this leadership yeah. role. This is really unusual what you're describing. Well, apparently Julio Sr.'s work with Save the Children made him like uber aware of the situation of, of young people in the Dominican Republic and the whole system mm -hmm. that takes this advantage is, of them, essentially, in baseball. So the Mariners did well in their interview. Not only did they say that they would, you know, make sure that he studied English, but make sure that he finished high school and give him other educational opportunities. So he signed with the Mariners at age 16 with a $1.75 million dollar bonus 16 year old kid i like he was amazing he played with the dominican republic Olymp olympic baseball team in tokyo in 2021 and they got the bronze medal julio impressive with his peers batting 417 with an ops of 1.069 and then he debuted importantly <laughs> and we'll come to this back to this in a minute he debuted on opening day which is rare for star rookies because they want to manipulate that time. 
Um, he did make Rookie of the Year last year, which was my one good pick probably ever in our prediction segment. Yeah, that was, that was of one this. of our few successes. So I'm glad I caught on that early. He also, as a rookie, made All-Star and Silver Slugger. He was the fourth rookie outfielder to get a Silver Slugger award after Ichiro Suzuki, who he clearly looks up to as, as a Mariner idol, and Trout and Judge. Um, he played second in the Home Run Derby behind um, the next guy you're going to hear about pretty quickly. And he was the first MLB player ever with 25 home runs and 25 steals in his debut season. Seattle made the postseason for the first time in 21 years last year. There's a great, I wish I remembered to write down the title. There's a great uh, documentary on YouTube that actually your brother-in-law recommended to me about the Mariners and just basically how tragic their history has been. And I'm hoping that they do like a part two after this because it was definitely done before this postseason run. So clearly... And, and intelligently, the, the Seattle management wanted to keep Julio. This is like the future of the team. So there's this super complicated multi-year contract that he has. And I'll just link to it because there's all these player and team options. And it could go anywhere through, well, the base is $120 million through 2029. The top potential is $470 million through 2039, which would be like some record-breaking contract thing. A top contract player for, for a player with less than a year of experience at the time of signing. So he's got a lot of experience. Do you mean from, service time? Specifically yes. service yeah. time. So, so major I, league experience. Right. So I think that's why it's not the top contract for a rookie, because rookie could have played longer, but he played less than mm-hmm. one full season before getting the contract. And he's got that thing. So he goes beyond the five tools. He's got the five tools. He's got number six because he has the personality. And I think that's what makes him stand out in situations like this. He's got the charisma, attitude, energy, and he's already being called a leader at his young age. His Twitter account is very active and very fun. In 2021, and I think we, we mentioned this at the time, both referring to to Julio and to a Japanese pitcher. CEO Kevin Mather of of the Mariners is is a dick, a verified dick. He's been accused of sexual harassment in the past, and he talked about Julio, and and he criticized one of his Japanese pitchers for basically, like, we're wasting money on this translator, like, he should be speaking English by now. And he said, and I quote about Julio Rodriguez, he is loud. His English is not tremendous. So Julio, classy, right? Classy guy. Super classy. This is before Julio's come up. Classy Julio, though, retweeted that typical Michael Jordan treat, tweet when he's in the um, in the chair and he says, "I took that personally," and he put his own face on top <laughs> of that. So the the irony about it, though, is that he he really speaks English well. And at that time, I saw some clips about how he was speaking English in like when 2019, when he was being interviewed all around by reporters in English and answering English until the very end. I didn't even know his translator was there because he turned to them at the very last question. So at that point, his English was kind of broken. But now, if you listen to him, it's amazing. And I think it has to do maybe with a relationship he has. And here's another like baseball boyfriend plus thing when they have like any like a a significant other in the life in their life who is equally amazing. That is the case here. He is dating Jordan Huitema. I don't know if I said that right. She's a, a soccer player. 
she's from Canada. She plays on the Canadian women's uh, national team, which right now is going through a thing. I don't know if you've seen this. I've not seen this. But they're going through a pay thing, and they were going to uh, strike, stop playing, and basically they got threatened by Canadian sports, whatever, um, because they're six months away from the Women's World Cup, saying that it was an unlawful strike, they were going to sue them. And so they basically, they sucked it up and they're playing, but they're loud about it. And they're saying, this is unjust. We need to be, you know, All right. paid, paid fairly. All right. So Jordan is in that, and she has a couple of posts on that. But also, she plays in the um, National Women's Soccer League on, it's, I don't know, O.L. Rain. Is, I don't know what OL stands for. It's the Seattle team. She plays on the same team as Reg- Megan Rapinoe, which is so many shades of cool. And then the other shade of cool that I just found out is they are the opening day Washington Spirit game. Oh. Here. Oh. Here. Oh. Yes. Oh. Are we so there? I think are we going? We to are we going to go to some it's, soccer? It's, it's March 26th. It's a Sunday. And maybe we can get tickets we'll right have, after we, we record. We will have been back from Miami for a week. Right. And it's before our two home openers that we right. have tickets for. So I think we need to go see some soccer so and cross training. cross training. And we can Let's check do this thing. And maybe Julio will be there. I don't know. He's probably going to be spring I training. I doubt it. But okay. He's going to be doing other stuff. Okay. I, but maybe. we can cheer her on. Yeah, we she can. seems pretty cool. Yeah, we can. So wow, that's great. Yeah. So I'm happy for Julio. They're an adorable couple. I think it's very good. I think that's like one of the best things you can do for does learning a new Does that count as using adorable in a sports context? Sure or is that, is that in a romance uh, we, context? No, it, and then it's okay. We're drinking anyway. I think it's both. I'm going to drink. Okay. Um, last cool thing about Julio Rodriguez is that he's a good guy. And we've talked about when we when we recruit these rookies, these young kids, that we're waiting for their do-good moment when they're giving back to the community. He's already done that. He, at the end of the season, oh, no, in the offseason this year, donated an ambulance to his hometown that didn't have an ambulance and also a bunch of toys and baseball equipment to the kids there. So giving back to where he came from. Yay, Julio. I really love it when these young guys who Mm -hmm. play so well have this social conscience on top of everything else. And and I love hearing about his family. That's that's an amazing family where that's his home life. Man, that's pretty cool. That's an unusual situation. Yep. Amazing. Love it. Love it. Um, hey, so my Mariners guy is a switch hitting catcher. You may know that I am fond How about that? of switch hitting catchers. And I got to say, there, there were articles comparing um, Cal Raleigh, who's my guy on the Mariners now, to Adley Rutschman hmm. and saying, you know, he's been second to Adley and a lot of numbers, but he's like, it's a good comp. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's it's good comparable, so that's kind of nice. So I think I have my my backup catcher. I was from... going to say that's serious backup. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. It sure is. So he's twenty seven. He's from North Carolina. He is from a sports family, and this you know, we talk a lot about guys whose parents, whose dads were in the major leagues and the advantages that that gives them. Right. This is not the case here, but it's really similar. Okay, so so Cal's father Todd signed with the Red Sox. Um, you know, didn't really go anywhere with that, Ooh. but then became a college coach for years for Western yeah. Carolina and for Tennessee. And like a hundred of his players, you know, got drafted. So like he's got that kind of experience. And Cal was, I also like baseball players named Cal. That's not a bad, that's, it rolls <laughs> off the tongue yeah. for me. It really does. So, um, you know, Cal was like a bat boy. And these, these, these college players were his idols and he wanted to be like them. His uncle Matt was a 14th round pick by the Montreal Expos in 1992. And he played in the minor leagues for a long time. Didn't go past that, but there's a lot of baseball experience there. He said that um, I 
I've had a bat in my hand since I could walk. My dad was a coach, and I could see his passion for the game. It made me want to play. I'd go to bed and pray that one day I'd play in the big leagues. But not just that sort of like shiny, this looks like it's a cool thing to do. He also learned, he said, you can't get there by talent. You have to work hard. That was a family value of ours. Seeing him be successful and work hard makes me proud to be his son. Hard work, do what's right, do it to the best of your ability. So this is a kid who was brought up with with really good examples and some advantages but not at the same level as having, you know, dads in the major leagues. But he had, he had role models, and he had people to, you know, learn from. His dad was actually a catcher, so that also helped. He's got three siblings and his sister, like college volleyball. So both of their seasons oh, were, wow. were canceled in 2020, right? Her co- her collegiate, uh, you know, season was canceled, and his minor league season was canceled. So the two of them spent that time working out together. So you gotta like that. Right? They were kind of like supporting each other. The other thing that he did during that pandemic year, so he was drafted um, in the, the third round at, by Seattle in 2018, but, you know, had this had pandemic year off. And, you know, as you know, when people get drafted out of college, that's their junior year. Most of these yeah. guys don't finish. He spent his pandemic year finishing his business entrepreneurship degree. That's so cool. So we're big that's fans so cool. of that. The other important thing that happened to him while he was in the minor leagues was that my former boyfriend, Jared Kelnick, nicknamed him <sighs> Big Dumper. <laughs> so if there wasn't any other reason for me to pick Cal Rally, I'm going to go because his nickname is Big Dumper, which mm. apparently is for his big home runs. Okay, that's I don't know, it. but I, feel I, better about I that. may <laughs> need to get a Big Dumper t-shirt or sure. some sort of swag because I am on there. so amused by all of this. So his call-up was in July of 2021. And we've talked about guys getting called up while they're like, you know, in the middle of a minor league game and they have to like cross the field and they're, they, they get picked up by the other team or, you know, it's after a game and then there's like this whole, you know, you got to call your parents thing. Mm-hmm. He, mid-game, mid-game, he said second or third inning of my game, I was putting on my batting gloves and getting ready to go hit and our manager came up to me and said, hey, Schaefer's going to hit for you. Ooh. And he said, uh, he was confused for a minute and then... Um, his manager said, oh, yeah, you're going to the show yeah. and you have to get out of here ASAP. They need you right now. Aww. So mid-game, he gets pulled out. But That's intense. But like his whole family like managed to get there, including his best friend from school, his wow. siblings, his parents, his grandparents. Everybody showed up for, for his, his debut, which is pretty cool. But in 2022, he had a super slow start, right? So bad first couple of weeks. He got sent down for 10 days. But then in May 2022, the starting catcher for the Mariners, Tom Murphy, had a dislocated shoulder. Ooh. So it's like, okay, yeah, we know we just sent you down, but just kidding. <laughs> we, we need you to, like, assume Come this back. role now. You're, you're taking this role, even though wow. we just told you you've got problems. So his response to that was, confidence is huge in whatever you do, not just baseball. I'm feeling good, but I know this game will humble you real quick. I'm just keeping my head down, That's for going sure. about my business. That's about it. And he finished the season by leading all catchers in home runs with 27. Wow. Which is also the most home runs by a catcher in Mariners history. He also threw out the second most runners in the league. But what he's most famous for and most beloved for in Seattle is you referenced them making the playoffs this year for the first time since 2001. That's because, that's because in this game against the A's, it was two outs, bottom of the ninth. He hit a walk-off home run 
that sent Seattle to their first postseason yeah. since 2001, which was the longest playoff drought in North American pro sports history. That's like all sports. All sports. All, wow. all professional North American sports history. So when they played in the, um, the ALDS, uh, we referenced this um, this past season. Um, he, he caught an 18-inning game. In the ALDS, that which they rates. lost to oh, that was Houston. So and after that was over, he said, oh, yeah, by the way, I've had a broken thumb for a month. I can't even imagine. That means that walk-off home run happened when he had a broken thumb. He caught 18 innings of an ALDS game with a broken thumb. But he was their guy, and he had to do it. Wow. The other thing that happened because of that walk-off home run was um, Cascade View Elementary School in Seattle, fifth grade class, the they the teacher had them I guess watching the game that never happens <laughs> in school or I don't but nah. apparently the kids went nuts yeah. and the teacher took a video of them going nuts and chanting big dumper big dumper big dumper because <laughs> they were so excited and of course this video goes viral and of course because he's a good dude Cal Rally shows up and surprises that fifth grade oh, class and hangs out with them for an afternoon and like chats with them and answers their questions and wow. you know thanks them for all of their support and all of that, which is really pretty cool. So I'm digging Cal Rally of the Mariners. I'm looking forward to him being my backup catcher this season. Moral of the story, teachers, put those important <laughs> baseball games. You never on know who you. might show up. <laughs> All right, on to the National League with the Padres. All right, I'm doing it. I am keeping Juanjo Soto in le- who is in left field. And this is it's interesting because when I went back to my notes to see when I first picked him, he was in left field. But I saw these articles saying he just moved to left field. So apparently between the time I picked him and the between now, he had gone to what right field. He was in right field for a while. And back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but the first couple seasons were in left field, and I think I, I wrote this down later somewhere here. Yeah, he he didn't play right field in t- 2020, so he was in in DC for a couple of years in left field, and then 21 and 22 were solidly right. So the the outfield is shuffling around a little bit with the Padres, with the new Fernando Tatis Jr. trying to fit in out there and trying to figure out where uh-huh. he would be. And and I saw an art of an interview with Soto where you're saying, well, the difference with left field is that you're going to see more balls there. And he's like, I'm fine with that. You know, that's just more action. So maybe they're trying to put Tatis in right and Trent Grisham in center. I don't know. They're, they've got some things to work out, but they also have some time to work it out because Fernando Tatis Jr. is still a suspended for the first 20 games of the season. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, Juan Soto debuted with the Nationals way back in May 2018 just missing out on Rookie of the Year to your former boyfriend, Acuna, from the Atlanta team. He's been my baseball boyfriend since 2019, which was a pretty good year for the Nationals. I so hear that good things happen that yeah. year. So, and, I, and I have this jersey that I spent a shit ton of money on at the beginning of the season last year when we were all hopeful about the Nationals. And so I feel a little mixed because when Mookie Betts went from the Red Sox to the Dodgers, I opted not to keep him as my forever baseball boyfriend at that point. It was over. Well, it was not totally over. I still adore still the guy. But, but I decided not to keep him. So this one, I was kind of like, am I going to keep him through this change and keep him on the Padres? 
And there are just so many places that say he's going to do so well this year. I feel like it would be it's fucking Bonho. stupid not, not to. I mean, right. he's lovely. He is lovely. He is totally lovely. He took a big dip in his stats last year, which is understandable because the Nats were a mess and then he had to go move over and go someplace different. I mean, but he, he used to be unreal. In 2020, he was batting 351 with... And I, I like did a double take, 1.185 OPS. I know 20 was a weird year, but still, that's crazy. 21 batting 313 with a 999 OPS. So 22 is the year he took a little bit of a hit with 246, 853 overall. He did worse in San Diego than did in Washington, in Diego, yeah. which was a big thing Like when right after the deal happened. But still... It's it's the adjustment thing. The, the, speaking of adjustment, though, I'm very concerned about how he will do with the pitch clock this year because of the famous sh- Soto shuffle. He, and he may takes not his have time. time for the full shuffle. He he's, may have to abbreviate the shuffle. He's going to be doing a merengue. I think we've got like to get the merengue beat down. He did win the home run derby, however, last year with Julio Rodriguez right behind. So check this out. Like this week, I have number one, number two in home run derby. Plus, it was his second consecutive all-star appearance for this young dude. Third silver slugger. But... Now that I have this Soto jersey, this so I, at the beginning of the year last year we went down and we got the like the gorgeous cherry blossom the city, city connect, connect yeah jerseys. I got the Soto thing, but I'm thinking it might be okay because the little brother Elias got signed by the Nats a yeah, month did. ago with the international signing. So yep. maybe I can get some extra mileage out of this. Just Soto. change the number, That's right? Right, right. Nobody will notice. Nobody will notice. Um, just one little like why you love the guy kind of thing. So of course, if I'm gonna stick with Juan Soto, there's got to be some special like baseball boyfriend things that just make him cool, and that's why I want to keep having a beer with this guy. He was recently spotted at the MLB Desert Invitational College Baseball game. So just that he's spending time in his off season going to college baseball, rooting for a team, wearing the Arizona Wildcats Wildcats cap. While he's there, rooting for Arizona, I'm not sure why the connection was. So, of course, somebody found him from the coverage, and they were interviewing him during the game. And while he was being interviewed during the game, wearing his Arizona hat, the Arizona team hit a home run. So now they figure he's their good luck charm, and he's going to keep going to Wildcat games. (laughs) The other thing, the last time that I talked about him, I I was criticizing the Nationals for using Rosetta Stone when they clearly should have hired me to be an English teacher. But it seems to have worked because he is interviewing very well in English now, completely. So I think that both Julio and Juan Soto are great examples of just having that drive to not only, you know, achieve early at a young age, but also learn the language know how to speak for themselves when it counts. I mean, that's hard. That's really hard. It's but really hard. But they're doing it. And they're I think, putting in hard work. I think you would be really good at helping them, but have you actually applied for that job? No, I haven't. I mean, so they didn't really choose Rosetta Stone right. over Potty Mouth. Potty Mouth wasn't actually a choice, but we know you'd be great at it. I so need I to think do that. that you should consider that. Yeah. Because remember, wasn't it, there was that team that where the interpreter was ejected? And I think I, I really right. want to see I that need, happen with you. As I need the, to be a backup interpreter for when interpreters get ejected. Oh, my gosh. That would be great. 
All right, so really, I was so close to picking Manny Machado as I my was Padres so boyfriend about that. just to tick you off, but he's got some questionable um, politics, mm-hmm. so he would not make my um, my okay. list because okay. of that. But his love of the game, for sure, and his skills, for sure, and those are things that he is sharing with my boyfriend for this year, which is um, Hassan Kim. Good choice. Who is choice. listed as a shortstop because that's what he played, but he will probably be second base because of you may have heard of Xander Bogarts. And the, no team has more qualified shortstops right now oh than the Padres. But um, Hassan Kim looks like um, he'll, he'll still be in the starting lineup as second base, although he's been noted as a possible trade um, option because of so many shortstops, including to the Red Sox because hmm. of Trevor's story, but that seems to all be rumor and nothing has happened yet. So, you know, knock on my my, my, my wood-framed yeah. reading glasses right now. Um, but anyway, so Hassan Kim is from South Korea. He was drafted to the KBO's Nexon Heroes in 2014, and he played with them for seven years. He won a gold glove with them, for KBO hmm. gold glove, at shortstop in 2018 and 2019, and he's played all four infield positions. So we like that sort of utility yep. thing there. And um, on December 31st, 2020, he signed a four-year contract with San Diego, becoming the first, the Padres' very first Korean-born position player. So he debuted um, opening day, 2021, and wasn't, didn't have a great season. And interestingly, a lot of KBO players who come to MLB don't start out well. They have a rough time getting started. And I don't know if that's mm. a cultural thing. It's like getting used to like the language and the place and the culture and all mm-hmm. those things or what it is. But the track record is not great for, for Korean players. Um, but when Tatis went out in June of 21 for his shoulder... Yeah. Right? So um Kim saved the day. So yeah, so so Kim had to come in and he, and in that game he hit a go ahead two run homer. And that's when the fans started chanting his name and it continues <laughs> now and he was like dancing in the dugout to celebrate, which endears him to us as well yeah. as the fans. And like he like won everybody over. It's like, okay, we don't can't have Tatis, but look at this guy. Yeah. We've got this guy. This guy is pretty damn good. So in twenty twenty two Boom, here we go. His his wins above replacement of 3.9 was behind only, say it with me, Manny Machado of 5.5 for, for yeah. the Padres. He was the second highest wins above replacement, and he was a finalist for the gold glove. That's big. So the two guys that took him under their wing when he became a Padre um, was Manny Machado and Jerkson Profar. And, you know, no, no language in common. But they saw they really respected his play, and they sort of like they they were gonna like mentor him. They were gonna help him. Uh, you know, you've seen the clips of Manny Machado cheering for Kim in Korean. He learned Korean wow. phrases to cheer for Kim. Yeah. Okay. That's so a good thing. There we that go. Is a good That's thing. all I wanted. That's all right. what I wanted. Okay. Manny Machado so, did a good thing. So it, it, all the I saw so many articles where it said that Machado really went out of his way to make Kim comfortable and. Through an interpreter, Kim said, pretty much every day, every minute, he's trying to help me out and trying to improve my game to play better. So I want to do better because of him trying so hard to help me out. The guy never wants to quit. So that makes us play even harder and play better. He's the captain for sure. All right. And Machado has turned down the actual title of captain for the team. Really? He has. I didn't know he's that. like, actions, not words, actions. 
And so he he's leading by what he does. He doesn't need a you know C on his uniform or any of that. What he said that that Profar has given him are curse words. Nice. In an interview, he was asked, "Who has taught you more? Right. In, you know, English curse words: Manny Machado or Jerks and Profar?" And he said, "Oh, Profar. Pro, Profar is a former boyfriend of mine. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I thought birthday. you would enjoy that. So I appreciate again, that. You know, he played all season as shortstop because of Tatis being out, but you know, he'll probably move to second base for Xander, which also moves my other previous boyfriend, um, Cronenberg, probably from second to first. Cronenworth, right? Cronenworth. Wow, Cronenberg <laughs> right. is the director, he, he, right? He's the director <laughs> of horror movies. Well, how did One I way. go there? So, so yeah, so, so Jay Cronenworth is probably going to be at first most of the time yeah. so that so that Xander can be at shortstop and Kim could be at second. But, oh, my God, what a super strong oh infield that the scary. Padres are going to have. And they said that the range he has from being a shortstop is going to be especially important at second because of banning the shift. And so you're not moving people around like mm-hmm. you used to, so you have to be that mobile. Um, he's also going to be the starting uh, shortstop for the South Korea team in the World baseball classic yay yay hey next week we're going to profile boyfriends from toronto and st louis so we want to hear from you if you have ideas for who we should talk about huh just when you said that about banning the ship i know you're going to go into this in like future weeks so stay, stay tuned with us about the rule changes stuff but just thinking about the impact on second baseman i've never considered mm-hmm. that of like that's that's a position that is seriously impacted yep and the amount that they're going to have to move yep interesting yep all right, we're talking about Dominican players. We're going to talk about one more Dominican player, thanks to Junior Potty Mouth, intern extraordinaire, who moments before recording sent us a text about Anderson Comas, who is a Dominican player playing for the White Sox. He's been in the White Sox rookie system for a while. Um, he's most recently in the Arizona Complex League, and, and I believe that's pretty much as far as... He, I think he spent a little bit of time at Low A. Um, but... Just today, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was just today on Instagram, he just came out and came out bilingually and bilingually a little bit different in the English and Spanish. It's the same overall content. The order's a little bit bit different. And I think that the Spanish puts a little bit of a different em- emphasis. So I'm just paraphrasing the English. He said, this may be my most personal thing I ever share. And it's that I'm proudly and happily part of the LGBTQ community. And then a bunch of other stuff. And at the end, he says, please don't listen to those stupid things that people say about us. Fight for your dreams. Believe in yourself and go for it. It's a lovely post. So we will definitely link that and please read it. In Spanish, though, he started off by saying, instead of this may be the most personal thing, he said, maybe I'm just coming out of the closet right now. And then he also added... But I wanted, I, I also want to be an inspiration for those who are also fighting for their dreams. I want to be an example that it doesn't matter who you like, you can get whatever you put your mind to. And, uh, and, and it said some of that in the English part that I skipped, but not quite the same way. Like, I think his Spanish eloquence was really That's really important. Remarkable. And yeah, yeah. That's, that is saying a lot more. And that's, that's super important. So glad to have him as an active player in the minor leagues. We talked about Solomon Bates at the end of last year who came out, who is now listed on MILB as active, but not with the team. He played in Venezuela in the offseason, and he was the second rookie, and I, shit, I didn't write down the first guy's name, who had come out 
um, while being active, but is not active right now. So I, we, I hope the best for Anderson Comas, you know, as a Dominican player in the minor leagues, this is a really courageous thing to, for him to sure be doing is. right now. Follow him on Instagram, give him lots of support, and, you know, hopefully others can follow in his footsteps. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's great news. Um, in, in just, you know, uh, neutral news oh, with our police blotter, we talked about Mike <laughs> Clevenger being um, under investigation by Major League Baseball for their um, under their domestic violence policy. Um, he is at spring training. He's not on administrative leave. He is working out with the team. Um, if you remember, um, Bauer, Ozuna, um, Starlin Castro were all on administrative leave. And what I read said, that's if there are new allegations or additional information. Like they wouldn't have hmm. been with sort of the baseline things that kicked off the investigation, but more things came to light. That's not the case for Mike Clevenger at this time. So at this time, he is actively working out with the That's team so wild. in spring training. And of course, you know, he's the press conferences because that's yeah. what you do at spring training. You meet with the with journalists. And, you know, of course, he did his best to keep turning things around to actual baseball because who wouldn't prefer right. to talk about baseball than um, active investigations? So even though he can't really talk about the investigation because it's active, the team can't talk about it, he can't talk about it, nobody can really talk about it until the investigation is over, he did say things like, I love my kids more than anything, I would never harm a woman, um, he had asks the fan base of the White Sox to just wait for there to be actual evidence until you start making judgment judgments. Of course he does, though. Fair like, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. There's, you know, of course, that's fine. Um, and he he regrets being a distraction for the team. So hmm. I think, you know, he, he's, got a, he's got a good coach for media relations because those right. were all absolutely the right things to say. And, you know, we'll re reserve judgment. We will continue to believe women. And um, let's see what happens there. Right. Well, meanwhile, today I actually saw that he is threatening legal action against a radio station in Chicago because the accuser went on the air. Oh. Yeah. See, not supposed to be talking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's young. She's 24. He's 32. And um, he's threatening legal action against the station for the interview. So... I don't know. I don't know. It's a shitty situation. I, I got to say, you know, if my hands were tied and then, you know, the other person was talking freely, I'd be a little uncomfortable too. with right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Unless you did shitty stuff. I, I don't know. Uh, all right. I'm going to go to happier feelings I want right happy now. Things. Because we're fucking going to Miami. Going to Miami. We are so excited. We're going to you know, Miami. I've had people say, you're so lucky. I'm like, well, you know, we, we bought, bought tickets. <laughs> You know, it's not like someone said, you get to go to Miami. We said, <laughs> right. okay, we're going to pay all this money and go rent a place to stay and right. buy airline tickets and buy baseball tickets. It's like not luck. It's really planning it's and strategy. acting. It's, stra it's strategy. It's Look at us strategy. go. But who's not going? So unfortunately, even though... You know, 99.9% .9 sure we're going to see the U.S. team, which I'm so, super psyched about on that, that Saturday night in Miami, Miami Saturday nights. We are not going to be seeing Clayton Kershaw, who withdrew. And, and it's interesting, like as we were talking about all the guys who are joining the teams and the pitching was starting to look crazy for the U.S. and maybe not so much anymore. So K Kershaw's out. He did not give an official reason. But there's a source that says something about him not being able to get insured mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. And I think at his age, 
with what he's trying to do with the Dodgers one more year, that was kind of the deal breaker. Yeah. So the teams, these guys are under contract. Mm -hmm. So they get paid whether or not they are actively playing or they're on the, you know, the injured list. Yeah. Right. And so it's risky to send them off to play in things that aren't absolutely aren't like the regular season games. So so teams try to take insurance out on the players that they send to the World Baseball Classic um, and other things. Some teams waive that. Hmm. They say, don't worry, we'll cover that. I think, is it Miguel Cabrera's playing in the World Baseball Classic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, he is. So his team said, don't worry about it. He can't get insured either, but we'll cover it if anything goes wrong because he's only expected to be a designated hitter. Right. So the loss would be sad, but not, you know, so they're they're gonna they're say they said don't worry right. about it. So teams can waive that, but most teams are gonna say we want insurance. We want to not lose money on them doing right. this thing that's really extracurricular. Right. It's fun. It's great. It's a good advertisement for baseball, but it's also a really big financial risk for yeah. us. So they can't. Such a so bummer. these older guys, especially the ones who are so yeah. injury prone, like Clayton Kershaw, it's like. Mm, Maybe oh, yeah. this is not a good good investment for us. Yeah, no, he's been playing for a while. He had back issues last year. He only had 20, 22 starts last year. So, yeah, he is disappointed, though, because this is probably his last chance to play in the World Baseball Classic. Nestor Cortez, who I was interested that was playing for the U.S., is also out. He showed up for Yankees spring training with a hamstring issue, which also might delay his spring training stuff. And think about the Frankie Montas news before for the Yankees. And maybe this is a little bit of a bump in their starting pitching uh, situation. But Cortez also not going to be there. However, Adam Wainwright will still be there talking about the elder statesman. <laughs> and apparently he oh was my chatting gosh, a comedy with, show is what this yes, is. He was chatting with Yadier Molina, who is coaching the Puerto Rican team and has also tons of experience playing for Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic, and basically said, I am looking forward to pitching to your team <laughs> in this match. And Yadi came back for him and said, I will know every pitch that you're going to throw because he has caught for him. I mean, they're the team, the battery that's been together for the, the most Longest, in history. right, for sure. Super cool. I think every team should take a, a hint from the, the page of the Czechos... The shit, I do it. I am so old. The Czech Republic team. Check-in is their hashtag, which I think is beautiful. Their team went to an orphanage in Czechoslovakia to do baseball games with 34 kids oh, in the orphanage. That's the right I thing. I would love to see all of the teams do that. Sure. So power to the Czech, the Czech Republic team that we probably won't see, but they have a, a lot of spirit. Okay, it's trivia time. Last minute. Who do you oh, think? Man. All right, here's a, here's a good question. Who do you think is the only... MLB player to have homered in every World Baseball Classic so far. So there have been only four. 2006, this player got two home runs. 2009, this player got two home runs. 2013, one. 2017, one. And here's the biggest hint. This player is on his team's World Baseball Classic uh, for this World Baseball Classic. He's going to be playing again. So he could, like, cement this. Nelson Cruz. 
You are mighty close. Miguel Cabrera. It, yes. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was about to say it's a guy that I am so impressed. You deserve, like, so cheers. Cheers. All right. Well, well done. All right. If you ace that, then this, I thought, was kind of interesting. We're talking about, like, the fan base that we're going to be seeing in Miami. Of the five teams that are playing in Miami, which is Israel, Nicaragua, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico, which is the geographically closest to Miami? I want to say Puerto Rico, but I'm thinking you did it as a trick. Exactly. So it's the Dominican Republic, it isn't is. it? Yes, I am so good <laughs> right. at this game. Patty I wins love this everything. Game. Patty wins everything. So that just goes to show that I will absolutely, after like, especially going down my list and seeing how many former and current Dominican boyfriends I have, I'm buying a Dominican knockoff shirt. Oh, I, I absolutely Miami. am. And we will be like amidst like this Can huge Can I just say Dominican that the crowd. recreation staff at the city where I work was very excited when I vocally said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm team Dominican Republic. Really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, there, there are a few folks there who, right. who can relate to that. Okay, so. okay. Okay, okay. I'm, I, I've got this now. Yeah. I know what to say. I just need to find something to wear because, as we said last week, there aren't any like official jerseys. But you know, we are only a block away from the ballpark, and I bet between our Airbnb <laughs> and the ballpark, there's going to be 432 so places to buy knockoff Dominican Republic jerseys. So we're going to do that. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I meant to say that we do have a request. Sonia Fieldmeyer wants to play fantasy baseball. I know our friend Braden does, so I hope you're taking notes because you're the commish. The teams are starting to come in. Excellent. Yes. Are they are they doing this on record someplace where I can look at this? Because I don't actually yeah. take any notes at yeah. all while yeah. talk. I <laughs> yeah. read notes. Yeah. I think I, Sonia definitely sent an email, and Braden sent me a text that I think I forwarded to you. So I okay. will, we'll get back to that. Well, I'll, I'll make sure that you have all our fantasy players because it's getting popular. So, folks – let us know if you want to play with us. That's right. That's right. It's going to be super big fun, and we have stupid, stupid rules, and you're going to have a great time yep. learning them and being, you know, reprimanded by the mean, mean commissioner. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. So, my friends, we would love to hear from you on social media, especially if you have suggestions for us, for our boyfriends for next week for Toronto and St. Louis. If you have corrections, Potty Mouth is the corrections department. If you want to just say nice things, we like that, too. Where can they find us, Potty Mouth? Find us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook, and Instagram are No Crying and B Ball. Throw us some money at Patreon at Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash No Crying and B Ball. And that would be lots of fun, and we would most appreciate it. Also, please let us know if you're going to be in Miami for the quarterfinals yes. and the semifinals. We would love to have a beer with you or, or visit you during the games because, boy, is that going to be fun. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do that, make sure you get boosted and you're all up to date on your vaccinations. Thank you very much. We need you to send your game balls to Meredith. We need you to fight the man because it's the right thing to do. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Shit, I didn't get my. No, of course you didn't. That's okay. That's okay. There's, you know, it's like death and taxes. Death and taxes. Death and potty mouth not having the camera ready. <laughs>